Hello, Hunyaks! Welcome back to another edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. Coming at you live here on this beautiful Wednesday. It is full storm season here in Oklahoma, so get excited, folks. Rain, shine, snow, tornadoes, floods, uh, hail fire from heaven, you name it. Come April and May, we'll probably experience it at some point, so... All right, very excited to be here with you today. I know you might say it was weird that I did an interview on Monday. Let me just start by making this disclaimer. So I know I released my new episode format. Mondays are all me, Wednesdays are we, and Fridays are for fellows. Not meaning men, but just people I want to have on the podcast. So with that, really what that entails is Mondays is just me solo, the monologue. Wednesdays is we. You guys write in questions, answers, any feedback I get from episodes I will will be addressed on Wednesdays and then Fridays we're doing since we have enough right now we're that's where we're posting our my interviews and conversations with people now I will I do want to say that is that is a bit of a guideline because life is crazy and I like the free flowing of every episode's kind of unique and, it, and a little bit different and I like having a general structure so you can know what to expect however I must tell you that it's not guaranteed to always pan out that way. And this week, the way things unfolded, I had already had this recorded and I did not have the opportunity Monday to to crank out the episode like I normally do. So I opted to play that fun Bronco interview with Connor. So that's why that happened. And that may happen in the future. This Friday is going to be actually my book review of 12 Rules for Life. So yeah, get excited with, so it's, this week's a little bit backwards. I just want to let you know that if you find yourself getting upset that I'm not following my own set schedule, that just to remind you, it's my podcast. So whatever I do is following my own schedule and I'm not going back on my word. I'm simply toning it back to be like, all right, these are guidelines. And in general, this will be the format, but not every week because I've got episodes I got to get out. And I got to get them out in somewhat of a timely fashion. Here we are, middle of April, and I'm finally getting out my March book review, which is supposed to be at the beginning of the month. But look, things have been wild, okay? And I'm not making excuses, but I am, okay? These aren't excuses. These are reasons, but uh, you just have to put up with them. So that's what's going on here. And in big news, biggest news of the pod, Monday... I've mentioned this a few times. Monday, this coming Monday, April 25th, is my 300th episode. And while I'm not usually one to celebrate milestones, I don't remember doing anything for the 100th episode or the 200th episode. The 300th episode, I said, maybe I maybe it's time to do something for an episode, uh, a big episode, because 300 is a lot. As uh, Dennis, my friend in Denver, always liked when he would bring up the podcast to people, he'd be like, he's got over 200 episodes, and he'd say it with such enthusiasm and I to me I don't know I just kind of look at it like I'm on 295 296 whatever and I'm just I'm just rolling with it I'm not really thinking about the fact that I've put out that much con I've almost put out a content where you could listen to an episode every day and it would take you a year I haven't thought about that but him he kind of reminded me of that and I was like I guess that is a lot come to think of it we've and I've been around for a while so it's a lot of stuff to have out there just in the world I mean God help me if I have to run for political office I feel like this will be the first place you can go and find mm, every dumb thing I've ever said so here we go but yeah Monday is a 300th episode you might say what are you doing for it well I'm working on it uh, well, actually, at the very least, what I am going to attempt is my first ever, as you know, this is audio only, so I'm going to attempt my first ever audio, or, dadgummit, my first ever v- live stream episode. So it's going to be a video episode, it'll be through YouTube, because that one just, you might say, oh no, but YouTube censorship, whatever. I don't have the ability to simultaneously stream on Facebook, YouTube, Rumble, whatever. So we're going to YouTube. I've got the channel set up. I posted a few things there, like the Flaming Hot Fiesta. If you haven't checked that out, go watch that. That's a good one. But uh, Monday night, 7 p.m., we won't be at our normal time, so it'll be at 7 p.m. Central, Monday night, April 25th. Going to be doing the first ever Rambling Viking live stream 
It's going to be a 300 episode. It's going to be real laid back. I'm just going to talk probably a little bit about the history. I might go back and find some of my favorite moments or episodes and recommendations. I'm all, I mean, come join, jump in the chat, ask me questions. We're going to have a good time. I apparently have a mystery package coming in the mail that I'm supposed to unbox on it. So I have no clue what it is and I don't know... Uh, what to expect. I don't know how big this box is. So we'll just have to see. So I've got something to open up. I'm also open to suggestions, things that you guys want to see. I thought, you know, 300, I could do my 300 favorite moments. That might take a while. My, <laughs> I could eat 300 of something was a suggestion, which that might kill me. Uh, I do probably have 300 pieces of liver that I could try and eat over the course of the episode. That might be entertaining. What do you think about that? Because I've, I've got them dice in these tiny, tiny, tiny cubes. So I could maybe have that with me and try and just every so often and try and eat 300. Uh, someone would have to be my counter or I don't know. I'd have to have a tab going in chat. You guys would have to um, count for me. But that's what we're doing. It's going to be live stream. Going to be exciting. There's still some up in the air. So if you want to message me, uh, message this show and be like, hey, here's a cool idea. Here's something to do. Um, please let me know. I'm obviously going to give the full history of why three is very important to me. Why 300th is, uh, is, and so why I decided kind of on the 300th or multitude of reasons. But three, the number three holds a very special place in my heart. And it's my favorite number. And so I also like multiples of three. So 300 works. You could call it my Spartan episode, my Leonidas episode. I'm going to see if I can track down my ale horn, have that in full force, and we could just, we could have a good time with it. Uh, maybe, I don't know if I'll be able to have my axe with me, but just maybe go full Viking. And that's what it'll be. But we're going to be hanging out. We're going to be testing it out. 7 p.m. It won't worry. It won't be this big three-hour thing like these Twitch streamers do. It'll be a, a, an hour max is what I want to keep it to. But I'm thinking a tight 30 or 40 minutes. And you might say, well, you always say it's going to be a short one. And then 40 minutes later, you got to two of your five topics. Look, I I know. I know. <laughs> but just, just trust me here. When it comes to the live stream and I want people tuning in, 30 or 40 minutes is probably all you can spare because from your busy Monday night. So I don't want to uh, take, try and take too much time and try and really overdo it. So 7 to 8 p.m. plan on that. Hopefully it goes well. Who knows? I might screw it up and the stream may not work out, but I will uh, be, be on the lookout for that. Big 300 is coming up. We're going to do it big. I'm going to do it big. I'm going to do my best. It's probably going to be a little crappy stream that... Um, but who knows, you get to see my face, see my live reactions. And so I've, uh, I've got some, I've got a couple things planned too. that, um, a couple ideas, maybe a big announcement, um, coming as well. A couple big, not announcements, but retools. And we can talk about, we can talk about, um, something, something funny. So, uh, something to think about. Here we go. Here's, here's something that I'm going to do. So I've asked, I've asked a couple people, but I'll pose a question to everybody. When someone asks you if you if, if the podcast comes up this one specifically in conversation and they say oh yeah I listen to this podcast or my buddy's got the podcast or did you know Gus has a podcast depending on how you know me in real life and they say oh what's it about what is your response what is your one to two sentence summation of this podcast because I will say that's the hardest question for me to answer concisely it's usually like a three paragraph answer for me because this is. Not a, we're talking about <laughs> the, the ally, we're talking about British forces in World War I and their strategies and different heroes. No, no, no. Everything's on the table here, okay? I, the, the main thing I try and say is, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to spoil it, but I want to, I have an answer sort of and I'm working on building and trying to get better, but I'm curious to know what, what the people think, what you, how you actually view this show, because that would help me better formulate an accurate answer to set expectations straight. So what do, how do you, one to two sentences, summarize this show? You can send it to me now, or you can save it and throw it in the chat on Monday, either way. Uh, that will be a big question on the 300th episode. I may or may not be retooling my trailer and using the audience's words to retool a trailer and a promo as we keep trying to grow the Hanyak Horde. So that's way too much on the 300th episode, but I promise we're going to get to your write-ins. There's just some housekeeping. This is big news, and rule of thumb is I have to annoyingly, incessantly promote 
something like this. It just it just repetition is your best friend. Just like hitting the gym, all right? Just consistency and repetition and that'll build that habit and then bada bing bada boom next thing you know monday at seven rolls around you may have forgotten it but then all of a sudden you get this urge to go to youtube and go to oh sorry the youtube channel which i put in the link in the description it's also on kind of the main podcast website but it's the rambling viking podcast you can find it same logo and everything go subscribe to the channel turn on notifications so you can get that be ready for the stream don't expect cool crazy stuff on the stream from the technical standpoint. Remember, it's just me, a mic, and a computer, all right? So it's going to be a time. But there we go. Make sure to head over there, be on the lookout, or just you're going to hear it enough that I'm gonna, you're going to have the Pavlovian response of, I feel like I need to go to the Rambling Viking podcast YouTube page right now. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm getting the surge. And you head over to YouTube, bam, 300 episode coming at you. So there we go. Audio only. I don't know how we'll figure it. I'm going to figure all the details out of like ripping it and making an audio version, but I may not. And I may just be like, look, you really need to just go watch the video. So, all right, that does it for that's, that's, that, that's not all the announcements. Just another quick, uh, well, we can actually jump in. We can jump into this because it counts as right in Wednesdays. So that does it for, uh, announcements and updates for the podcast and what we're doing. So you can get ready for that. Let's just uh, let's jump into things, folks. I was duped, bamboozled, hoodwinked, scammed, conned, if you will. So last episode, as I've referenced before, we had Connor on, who he is a he is the right hand Hanyak. He has the sticker to prove it. Um, yeah, I'll have to I'll post a I'll have to have him I'll have to show that off on the pod if he hasn't stuck it on anything. So. I'll have to get that out. So there are, don't worry, you could still, I still have general admiral positions open, commander positions, whatever. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm just making this up. But on uh, last episode, he managed to sneak a fake word, made up word, into the middle of our conversation detailing the advent, the two-year adventure to get his Ford Bronco that he initially ordered reserved in July of 2020. And... I, in the most Hanyak fashion, ignored it, didn't hear it, and even affirmed it and agreed with it and said, exactly. So if that tells you anything at all about my listening skills, if you find yourself on the podcast, maybe you should do that to make sure I'm actually listening. Because truth be told, sometimes I'm thinking of questions or I'm thinking of, okay, where are we at in time? And so I won't always fully, fully listen. I know I'm working on it, folks. My brain just, this is how it works. So yeah, I, uh, he, he dropped it right in the middle of the episode, right in front of my, this was in person. We were sitting across from each other on this oversized tray table that I'm currently using. And this man had the gall straight face to you to drop a fake word. Let me do it. And then not bring it up until after the pod. So let's just listen. I've got the clip. It's from last episode. It's from the 19-minute mark. I want to ask you, and now that I've admitted it, you, you're probably going to say, yeah, I totally noticed that. Did you notice it, or did you just move on with your life? Were you in the same boat as me? Because I don't feel like I'm alone in this. I don't feel like I'm the only one who was just like, yeah, and then kept it moving. But anyways, here's the clip from last episode. Uh Connor's Buck and Bronco adventure, about the 19-minute mark, a little a little past that, where he dropped this on me. But it worked out, and I have now spent less money because of their intraxidents. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So... Did you catch that? Did you hear it? The word was intraxidence. That's right. And I, like a big dumb Viking, just said, Oh yeah, uh-huh, yep. And then I proceeded to move on with the conversation. You listened to the episode. You know what it's all about. Just in case you missed it, here's me being an idiot one more time. Intraxidence. Hey, yeah. Yeah. So, <sighs> look. Nobody likes looking like an idiot, but I'm a firm believer that if you can muscle through and just be willing to admit 
when you are a full-blown hanyak, you'll be better for it. You won't feel as bad. People will be more understanding, and you'll probably find a way to laugh at it. Because honestly, when you look, it happened. It's on record. It's on inter, it's on the internet forever. I am big, dumb, dumb, idiot, stupid hanyak. And it's it's not even that. It's the what I said. Oh yeah, uh huh. Like just blind affirmation. Uh, but hey. It was the heat of the moment. I was I was focused on the story at hand. I wasn't worried about tertiary words that had slight pause beforehand, and then you kind of subtly, quietly drop. You know, I so I because of them, I had to, or you know, I then spent less money because of their, and then my mind is already, oh yeah, agreeing, but it hasn't come out, and then you quickly just go extracts in Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, I don't even know what to say. I, uh, I'm flummoxed and fully victimized. I'm the victim of what I would be willing to dub a hate crime, full-blown hate crime, the disrespect crime, at least. Come on my show. I ask you to be on my show like an idiot, I realize, and then you come on, present your story. You take time out of your day, and I appreciate that only to make me look like a fool. So, look, I'm not saying... I, I have the excuses of my. I was already in agreement and responding. He could have said Pandora's box, despite their Pandora's-ness. But despite their porridge attitude. And I would have said yes at that point. It was already coming out of my mouth. I turned my brain off and was focused on speaking at that point. But it still counts. He got me. Good job. Real proud of you. So, in tracksidence, though, that is the word of the day. This is word of the episode. And how I found out about this was another listener messaged me and said, uh, messaged me Monday afternoon-ish, evening, sometime after posting, and said, hey, uh, how would you define intraxidence? And I looked at that, and anytime I, I'm, I'm like, okay. First of all, I looked at that and said, I think that's a fake word. <laughs> I know, right? Hilarious. Ha, 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 ha. And... I thought about it for a second and I was like, she must have come across this word. Someone tried to throw it in somewhere and she's like, uh, excuse me, how would you define this? And you know, it feels fake and good job to her for recognizing that. So I'm sitting here not thinking anything of it. And here's what I said. I said an incidence of entering by accident, which I can, I can do some mental gymnastics to make that fit. For what he was talking about. If you don't know what he's talking about, he was talking about the potential that happened to a lot of people, but not him, for dealers to to erroneously mark up the price of these Broncos upon arriving to pick up and pay for said Bronco, rising dollars $20,000 over the MSRP that the customer was promised, at least by Ford themselves. And they still technically got that MSRP, but the dealer can make whatever price they want to make. It's kind of weird. So he was talking about that, and he goes... He says, um, oh, sorry, we weren't, it wasn't even that part. It was talking about how you, um, once the year model changed, he was supposed to follow up and confirm his order with the dealer. They never called. He ended up emailing them, and they said, don't worry, we already updated your order, and we just put everything the same, copy-paste. And he said, cool. And he stated that it ultimately saved him money and because of their intraxidence, which I would say they entered... They entered by accident, ignorance, whatever you want to call it, their actions were a little bit mm, forward, uh, we'll say, uh, where they were like, we'll just copy paste. We won't contact him. We don't want to bother him. We can do this and keep it simple. And by accident or not, they did not follow the protocol that Connor was promised by Ford. So by their in, in incidents of entering by accident, that could make it work. Not going to, and I'm not going to pretend like it actually fits what happened. So then after that, they said, oh, I was informed of my idiocy and my flummoxed, bamboozled, hoodwinkedness, my conned, and that's a play on word because it was from Connor. So yeah, it's not quite the same, but it's close. How would you define intraxidence? You can so in the way he used it, it was maybe overstepping bounds um, by accident, but 
um, you know, and, and, and entering yourself into a position of doing something with and accidentally or, and, and it's in, in, in maybe overstepping your bounds really, and kind of boldly doing something. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Entering by accident. That's what I like where it's like you entered something and not realizing that you weren't supposed to, or you had to check with someone, which in that case, definition fits, shoe fits folks, Cinderella, we found her. It worked out, but I was just close enough, but still just off enough where, like I said, got to do some reference. All right. And next on the dock. So that was fun. If you want to go enjoy that, it's 19 minute mark, or I've just played it here for you twice. Me looking like an idiot, but uh, quick uh, pro tip. Honestly, it's, we're all, we live in a world where no one wants to admit the wrong politics, elites, News, everybody never wants to publicly admit they're wrong. They deny, 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 despite the fact that we live in a world that has more video, audio, evidence, given the internet and social media than ever. And so people are worried that if they admit they're wrong, then they are admitting to fail. They will fail. No, never be trusted again. It's like, actually, I trust someone who is willing to admit they're wrong more than I trust someone who will just deny it and try and make it be and try and find some rationalization or justification for when all they have to say is I messed up. I was wrong. I take responsibility for that because that's an honest person. So just a little, just try it in your life. Also, it puts you in position. If you're, if you are first willing to call yourself an idiot before anyone has the chance to guess what they call you an idiot. You say, so what? I already said that. Is there an echo in here? Boom. Turn it on them. Roast them. Flamethrower. Elon Musk flamethrower style. All right. They think they got you and it's like too late. I already called myself an idiot. Stupid. Yeah, just a couple of idiots hanging out. So it looks like you're about as dumb as I am. You can kamikaze them by words saying that one if you want. Yeah. Be like, wow, looks like someone just as stupid as me. Can't even listen to your ears. Where, Hello, hello. You see, and now you're hopefully having a laugh. And if they're overly sensitive, they might cry. And that's where you can tell them, look, you need to buck up. Also, if you're going to be willing to throw some heat, you better be ready to catch that heat right back. Think you're pitching heaters? Well, I'm hitting heaters. Okay, I don't know what happened there. We went on a... I better move on to the next topic. This is getting out of hand. So, I also, in second... This is the confessional hour right here. I called my friend, without realizing it, Dad, in reference to his dog. I said, oh, look, it's Dad, or something like that, talking to the dog. Friend was there. He looked at me and just said wait a minute. Did you just say, dad, what about the whole calling your dog's kids thing? That's a couple episodes ago. I think that was maybe last right in. No, no, no. I don't remember when I did that. I went on a big rant. How I hate it. And don't refer to my dogs as kids. They are dogs. They are not human children. And then here I am. All I have to say is he, he was good. He was right to call me out, but then it led me down a rabbit hole of thinking and discussing if it works one way, but not the other, meaning the kids thing is out of line, but the parent thing is not because, but then I, or if it's across the board, you, you, if you're not going to, if you, if I don't like the fact that if I don't like them to be called kids, I shouldn't want to be called parent because technically I'm not a parent in the sense I am their owner. I act as their de facto parent for lack of a better term. And I would almost argue that in reference of us to them, we say we have pets and that is that indicates that they are animals that we watch over and raise and interact with and that are our own. But going the other way, I guess we could say owner, but it feels a little bit cold, right? Maybe disconnected. And so, but then I feel like if I may, if I try and rationalize saying mom and dad, I'm then it, it's going to take me too far in the direction the the general rationalization is going to be that I am de, their de facto parent father if you want to call it that even though in their terms I am the leader of the pack I am the alpha so maybe you can just call me alpha I don't know or pack leader whatever I, I'm worried that then that will actually I'll, I'll, I'll find that my my rationale will not check out and I will it will be disconnected so I will say this I think it was a product of, I had been around people who say that and it just came out my mouth and partially because the dog was extra excited about him because 
he is his owner. He is the alpha there. And so they, you know, my dog loves me and all my friends and all my family, but me and my wife are top of that pyramid of loyalty, excitement, caring for, you know, if it, my dog, we are first in my dog's eyes. And so how do we, I guess owner is the term. What do you think? Am I, am I a huge hypocrite in Hanyak? Probably, but I will say it opened my eyes and I thought, hmm, you know, it doesn't, okay, off the top, it doesn't annoy me as bad as the kids thing, and I don't know exactly why, because I think, rationally speaking, logically speaking, the logic follows that if you're okay with one, you should be okay with the other, but there's some degree of separation there for me that I can't sparse out, and so I have to say, look, it's either A, I'm okay with just being a Hanyak and saying, yeah, I don't care, this is the fun thing about freedom and just being your own person and realizing it, is that I can, I have the full right to be a total Hanyak about this and say, you know what? I don't care. I don't care that it doesn't make sense. That's my choice to get to do that. And then on the other hand, so, so, so there's that, there's that option, right? Or on the other hand, it's like, all right, look, I have to relinquish myself because I cannot come up with a good reason for living this way or acting this way, speaking this way, whatever you want to say. So there's that. So that's my kind of thought around it, but uh, I would like to know what you think. Am I a total hypocrite, or do you do you are you able to to differentiate those two things and offer offer some for, some rationale that I can follow or logic that I can follow where it's okay to refer to the owners as say a not a parent but mom or dad, but not refer to the dogs or pets as uh, da- sons and daughters or children. What do you think? I don't know. Tune in next Wednesday to get all get everyone's answers. So be sure to send those in. All right. Let's get into right in Wednesday and a little more rapid fire. We've got some responses. We've got some questions. And I've got some answers, definitely. As far as they're being right, who knows? Good luck. All right, first up is Nick. We had a response from Nick from a couple episodes ago where I read the Babylon Bee article. And I can put the link in there again regarding honest slow honest company slogans and uh, the Home Depot one specifically was if you need to ask for help you don't deserve it and I'm not someone who frequents Home Depot very much I'm not in that wheelhouse of builder craftsman I think I would like to be at some point on some level I don't know if on the same level but Nick who wrote in he is very much in that world incredible builder if you need a kitchen table or something like that I know he's not commercialized yet but I know a guy who can do it and uh, do made to order stuff. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that this is just what he does someday. So I believe in you, Nick. And I'm sorry if I just, uh, if you don't like that, I did that, but I did that. It's all right. Most people on here probably already know about you anyways, but anyways, so he frequents Home Depot just about as much as he frequents the bathroom. So yeah, quite a lot. About as much as you can find him on the pot, scrolling Twitter. You can probably find him scrolling Twitter in you uh, in Home Depot. But he 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 just sent me a message. First of all, I love the, I love how it went down. He goes he goes, it's correct. And I go, what's correct? And randomly, I got it like I don't know over the weekend or something, and just said it's correct. No other context. I was like, what's what's correct? And uh, then he, he, of course, laughed and he was like, the Home Depot thing. I was like, oh, oh. But I get it. He's listening to the episode probably and then just pulls out his phone and throws me that text message thinking, you know, it's that classic, like, it feels like you're having a conversation with me right now. So it's fine. But he confirms that that honest slogan hit the nail on the head, pun intended. That uh, and, and I trust his opinion because of how much he goes there. So he and guess what? He goes there so much he doesn't need to ask for help. They probably all know who he is, and they leave him alone and let him do his thing. So there you go. So thank you, Nick, for that wonderful response in confirming one of the mini slogans in that Babylon Bee article that uh, I thought was incredible. I love when they do lists like that. It was really really cool. So let's move on to the next question. Ashley asks, "How do you feel about 100% gas versus the other stuff?" Now, that's not her exact quote, but that's the sentiment, and that's how I classify it. You have gas, and then you have the other stuff. No, I'm not talking diesel. No, I'm not talking natural gas, and I'm definitely not talking electric. 
This is talking about that E, you know, 10% ethanol, E85, whatever corn oil bull crap is not designed for the, for the uh, modern combustion engine, right? So I will say I'm a bit of a, if you can't tell, I'm a bit of a 100% gas snob, meaning I usually, I go for the 100% gas. And my basic logic behind this is while modern vehicles may be more attuned than, say, vehicles 15 years ago, to be able to run that uh, diluted gas of 10-15% ethanol or even the E85 flex fuel stuff, I still posit that by and large, 100% gas over the course of, over the life of your car is going to be better. Now, it might be marginally better, but if it, but I think overall it's better for the life and health of your car because I still hold to the fact that combustion engines, the pinnacle was using 100% gas, even though we maybe have made some adjustments where it's like they can function because we know that older cars, you definitely can't, you have to put 100% gas in because it they're not meant to be able to handle that because it's slightly different. And then secondarily, when you look at it, what is what is essentially the selling point, right? It kept gas prices down by about 10 to 20 cents um, if, you, if you look at the E... Um, or the the E10 E15 gas versus the 100% 100% is always more. So anytime you have something that's a dilution factor that may um, that is there for cost effectiveness, guess what? It probably correlates with that it's not as high quality. That's why premium gas 98 you know 91 or whatever is is always more. It's a more high quality pure, higher octane gas in certain vehicles, high-end vehicles, motorcycles a lot of times, you can only put premium in because it's going to be the best quality. It's going to be the least wear and tear on your engine. And I believe that extends all the way out. That's why I do 100% gas. I don't hold it against you if you do the other stuff. That's your choice and it's your car. You're going to have to deal with the cost of that, not me. So I get to say, okay, man, that sucks. Glad I use 100% still and just keep it moving, right? So that's where my skepticism comes from. And um, so that's why, I, and, but don't get me wrong. I have put the other stuff in both of my vehicles on occasion. It's not perfect. It road trips, you're not always going to find it. And I'm not, I'm not that much of a snob where it's like, we have to find the 100. Generally, most good size gas stations have both options now. They're building them in. So it's not that hard to find. But sometimes on the road or in random small town where you got to stop for gas, you're going to get what you're going to get. And what you can opt to do is instead of getting 87, get 89. Which, fun fact about Colorado, I found out they have 80, it goes 85, 80. 991 or something like that 85 87 89 those are their three tiers and i was like 85 so when i was there i put in 87 because the lowest one you got in oklahoma is 87 and most places so i was like that was another i think ploy is you just take it down to octane that keeps the price more on par with the the best price gas in the nation and to that i say nay sir you're just giving i it, it's look you can go get cheaper olive oil if it's 40 percent vegetable oil and it's blended right it's always a little cheaper but guess what it's not as high quality and not as healthy it's not gonna be as good all around it's diluted and that's my case here so i i care about that a little bit I mean, especially now that now when I had my old when we had our crappy Kia Soul, the Red Bandit, which is an 06 Civic, I didn't care that much. Uh, also, it was so cheap that I could have put not, I could have put nothing but premium and still spent half as much on gas that I'm spending now, and that's part part and parcel due to the prices. But now that I've got newer, nicer vehicles and I want and I do care about them lasting longer, I go 100% gas. So I pose a question to all of you: Do you guys care about that? Do you just use whatever? Do you just Keep it cheap because right now there might be a case to be made that gas is so expensive that you just have to bite the bullet and save your wallet a little bit and go for the, you know, up to 10% ethanol, which you might say, that's ah, not very much. It's just marginal, but hey, that's where I stand. I still, for now, I'm going for the 100% gas despite my truck never getting full because pump limits. So, all right, next question pisses me off. Um, that's not the question. Because it comes from Rachel, and she just had to ask this question. Last week was a good one. How do you say pecan? And it's pecan. There's no pecan. That's something you have on in your car on road trips when you need an emergency pee and you're not going to stop or can't stop. Here's and here's the question that she just had to bring back. Bring she she circled this one back real hard. 
Jin Saki style. All right. Is water wet? I know. I I heard I heard that eye roll. Good night. So I'm gonna try and keep this one short and sweet. I know. Feel free to laugh at that. It's fine. My short answer is yes, but really it's a matter of you don't reference water as being wet, but the presence of water creates wetness. So water and wetness have to do with things um, that are water on something. So water is on itself and in of itself, but that's a bit of a paradox there is because because um, typically when you say something is wet, it has water on it, on the surface. So I actually kind of end up rejecting the premise of the question that it's kind of, and I don't have a good comparison otherwise of saying, you know, is I, I can't think of anything else currently, but you know, when you say water in its state is not necessarily wet as we understand it, because you'd be making a linguistic error and presenting a bit of a paradox because there's usually it's water and something else. And it's the presence of the water on that object or thing that makes it wet that is wetness wetness inherently has water and something else involved to work with the to meet that definition of what wet is and water by itself so technically from a linguistic perspective cannot be wet but i say all in all it's a bit of a fallacy paradox whatever you want to call it it's it's illogical it does it, it does not compute it's you know dividing by zero it is impossible it is an error on your calculator, right? So I kind of just reject that question on holes because it fundamentally can't happen and you can't have a coherent answer to it because if you say no and people say, but you know, I forget water on my hand and it's wet and there's water there and so water is wet and it's like you're asking, wetness is a function of water but has nothing to do with the form of water, maybe is a way to put it. So you can't really ask that question, right? And it's kind of like guns don't kill people, people kill people. You know, a gun by itself doesn't shoot and kill someone. It's someone has to utilize a gun. And so you can't be like, you know, did that gun kill someone? It's not a question that makes sense because a gun physically can't kill someone and a water can't be wet on itself because it can't be the object where water is presiding because water fundamentally has to preside on or in something because it is a fluid. It, it cannot stand alone by itself unless it's in the frozen state. So there's my way too complicated answer to a question that I fundamentally hate. So thank you, Rachel, for that wonderful one. But pay attention, folks. What did I do? I acknowledged the question and I answered it. So look, there are dumb questions. I'm a firm believer in that. There are bad questions, but all questions will get some form of an answer on right in Wednesdays. All right, here we go. Now it's more of rapid fire, right? If, if someone, this one's a punny one. If someone is being passive aggressive to torn to, to Tom Petty, who has higher levels of pettiness? Hmm. Well, so automatically Tom Petty, who is dead now, so we're going to retroactively, we're going to kind of bring him back to life, pretend he's alive and talk about him in that way. Tom Petty is, was, whatever you want to say, uh, obviously, he has a sta his standard of pettiness, being that he is Tom Petty, is automatically higher than your average person. So if most people start at zero pettiness until they start being passive-aggressive passive or reach certain actions, Tom Petty say a three, right? And so from the outset, but when you start to be passive-aggressive, guess what? You can put yourself in that wheelhouse. However, the question becomes... How passive-aggressive are you being? Is it full passive-aggression or did you do a passive-aggressive thing? Which I don't have that context. So someone is in the act of being passive-aggressive. I'm going to say they're in full passive-aggressive mode, which I hate personally. I'm going to say that Tom Petty in his natural state, just because it's his name, is about is that standard of pettiness but is not in the state of pettiness that I would say is bad or harmful, right? It just is pettiness. Someone who is being passive aggressive is in a negative state of pettiness, meaning they are in a, oh, here we go, buzzword term, a pro, they are being problematic. They are, they're a problem, right? Passive aggressiveness, I think we all agree, is usually not a good thing to partake in. You need blunt confrontation. You need to just outwardly confront it. You can be tactful still, but passive, ag pass passive aggression, all in all, is not good. So I'm going to say that 
they, someone who's being passive aggressive has higher levels of pettiness than Tom Petty, simply because of the fact you have to consider a positive, a neutral or positive pettiness, meaning Tom Petty. And then if he goes full Tom Petty and is being the most like himself and just doing like doing his shtick, right? Like it'd be like me, you know, being a Hanyak. I am, I am, that is pinnacle Hanyak, right? Hanyakness. So pinnacle Petty. But in just in his natural state, he's maybe only a three. This person maybe only achieved a two, but I would argue that it is actually more of a negative two in the sense that it is a problem. You are, you are not addressing a problem properly, and so you are being a problem. You're not making things better, you're making things worse. So you have achieved a higher level of pettiness because you have to take into account the neutral state, neutral positive and negative side of it. And that would be a negative state of pettiness. So there's your answer for that. Probably way too complicated an answer, but you're welcome. And you might think, wow, that really took some thought. Actually, I wrote these questions in my notes, so they're here before me, but I've only glanced at them and really haven't given them any thought. That was off the top, folks. Welcome to hanging out with me. All right. Rather, would I rather, would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses. Now, this is one that I've heard on a separate podcast before and thought about then, but haven't thought about in a while. So, one, I have one horse-sized duck. You know, how, how much does a horse weigh? 1,000 pounds, 1,200 pounds, 800 pounds, something like that. They're, you know, they can be four, five, six feet at the shoulders, depending on what breed, you know, we're we talking. And here's where I wish there was more specificity, but we're just going to go, we're going to say average-sized horse, right? Because there's Clydesdales, there's Shetland ponies, there's well, I guess that's a pony, so it's not a horse. But there's thoroughbreds, there's quarter horses. There's So there's a wide range of sizes, right? It's like, oh, is he 5'5 or is he 6'5? Or is he 5'10? I don't know. We'll go average horse here. And it's a duck. So you got to think those webbed, webbed wide feet, the wing power, the gust power, and then the peck power. Really, honestly, I'm kind of terrified of a horse-sized duck. They can fly, and that produces a lot of wind. They can flap, probably blow you over, and then stomp you and peck you out pretty quick. I, so I'm, or it's a hundred duck-sized horses. So maybe about the size of your thigh, you know, a small dog, if you will, 20, 30 pounds, and they're horses. So their bites can still really hurt, but it's more of a hard pinch, and it's not. Yeah, they can kick you, but it's not going to hurt near as bad and have, have the impact. I'm going to take on the 100 duck-sized horses and try and wear my steel-toed boots and really just start just start kicking field goals, all right? Going for dingers in kickball, basically. And um, they, they can't really climb too well, so they can maybe jump. So it's really going to be a matter of my legs and taking those on versus taking on a horse-sized duck. I'm going 100 duck-sized horses Every time I'm confident I could take them on. You said that is a lot. That is a lot. But I could probably take out five or six in one good kick, okay? Like one good line of my, wham! And then, and yeah, they're going to be faster than me. And so the key is to try and get maybe some high ground or something like that. But just be strategic. Maybe grab some of my hands and, and you know, start start tossing them that way just to kind of keep them at bay. It's like Neo in Matrix Reloaded flight, fighting all the Smiths. you got to be a little strategic. And I think it's much easier to be strategic with 100 duck-sized horses than one horse-sized duck, which would, that's just terrifying. I'm, I think that's way more dangerous than the 100 duck-sized horses. So here we go. How many third graders could you beat up if they all attacked at once? So honestly, I have a very, I have a high level of confidence in this. Third graders, they're eight, nine years old, somewhere in that range, probably nine. And uh, if you, you know, birthday falls more or less in the normal range, middle of the year. I have extensive experience with little cousins and kids. I'm very, I, I enjoy kids, and I'm very good at, um, I'm very good at interacting with them. So I was always the entertainer for all the little cousins at our big family get-togethers, and I had a ton of little cousins. And so I was, I would very much find myself in a position where I'd have one on each leg, one on each arm, and one jumping on my back, and I could manage to fend them off and fight them off. Because as a full-grown person, much, much stronger than you little feeble children. So I'm going to say, look, what's an average class size of third graders, right? One classroom might be 20 or 25. You might have three or four classes in the elementary school. I mean, let's say, what are we going to say, 75, 100, 50? I feel like, look, and you might say that's overwhelming odds. But first of all, 
I can juke out and outrun most of these third graders. And so I can, I can stretch it out so I'm not being swarmed. If I get swarmed, I'm done. But other than that, and even if a four, two, three, or four get a hold of me, I'm confident if this is a full-blown fight and there's no immorality in the fact that I'm fighting children and so I can use my full strength, absolutely. I think probably 100, I think probably 100 at once. That feels way overconfident. You might say, no way, but I have, first of all, I have experience in wrestling with little kids. This sounds weird, right? But like, <laughs> there's one story where it's like, oh, we started playing around. We we're kind of roughhousing. And um, we were over at Aunt Rosie's house up in Cleveland. And she had her two granddaughters over or whatever. The next thing we know, I am being WWE pile-drived. Or not pile, but like from the top, they're jumping off the couch, dropping elbows and knees into my back. And before long, and guess, and so I'm, I don't know, I've built up some strength there, right? I can take a shot. I've taken hundreds, it's not thousands of shots from third grades because kids, it's funny. You start to play and you're like, ah, uh-huh, it's kind of fun. Then, and this is, gives you insight into our natural inclination. But then before, what do you always have to do? You always have to stop them once they get too violent because they inevitably always get too violent and they always, they'll throw a punch. They'll bite you. They'll pull on your, they'll start to yank your clothes and whatever, you know, and pull on your shirt and rip it or something like that. And it's always like, no, no, we're not going to hit. We can kind of, we can kind of roughhouse a little bit. We're not going to hit though. Right. And here that all bets are off. And so, yeah, they're going to be hitting me, but I've sat there before and had little eight, nine-year-olds kick my back, punch my back. doesn't really hurt that bad. And I'm like, oh, and I, I joke about it, say, oh, it's a nice little massage. Like, they're really not that strong. So I'm confident that I could probably take on four or five classes of third graders at once, which let's say 100, right? Uh, I believe I could I could come out. It would be tough. I'm, I'm saying that's probably my limit, right? My It would be that I would have to execute perfectly. Everything would have to go just right. I cannot afford one misstep because then I'm done. But because they also, they can bite, kick, punch as much as they want. So game on, but I'm, I'm taking you on, especially if it's, if we're in a gym, if we're in an open field, no question. If we're in a, if we're in a tighter space, they, I'm going to drop that number maybe by half to 50, but there you go. I, I think that's how many third graders do you guys think you could take on? So, but you know, definitely send in any and all answers to any of these questions that you want to. So make sure to write them down. All right. What's last one. What's worse, a Viking with no ale horn or a beta male? You know, at first, first glance, I say that's simple. should be a simple answer. And then I start to think about it and go, you know, Viking with no ale horn. That's, that's, that's pretty disappointing. You're pretty disappointing as a Viking. However, you are still, that's Viking standard. So yeah, you may be betraying your Vikingness, but on the grand scale of things, Vikings still show up in the, they're pretty freaking ruthless and manly. Like, oh no, he doesn't have his ale horn. He's, so he's a beta Viking, but that's a beta Viking. A beta male, oh, a hundred times worse. And because I can live, a, a beta Viking there or an ale hornless Viking, yeah, they won't, you know, they're not reaching their full potential as a Viking, but I still think all in all, they're still going to be very masculine and manually in a lot of ways. They're just not so compared to their Viking brethren, but a beta male is on the scale at large. And so I would put them still in an alpha male category as an ale hornless. They're just not the top alpha males. They're, they're up there, but a beta male, you fundamentally fall in the beta category. And I think we have, I think that's part of the biggest problem is the demasculinity. Um, uh, of our modern men. We have, I've, honestly, the more I look around, the more I see these quote unquote beta males or these soy boys to use um, insulting terms. And it's, it's kind of sad. I, I, and I'm not saying you have to, you know, drink whiskey and, and dress and wear boots and be a hunter to do that. But I don't know. I just see, I, I feel like I see really effeminate guys and it's really, it, it puts me in a weird space. And like, there needs to be something there. So I, I'd say a beta male because I think part and parcel, it's the number one, it's, it's one of the biggest problems that we have with our men today and our culture and Western society is that they are being feminized and demasculized. And you might say, what's wrong with a feminine man? And look, it's, it's not, there's nothing wrong with a feminine man. A feminization of our men though should be cause for concern. And those are two different things. Uh, we're, almost, we're already at uh, 50 
minutes already. So I'm not going to belabor that anymore. It's definitely the beta male is worse every single time. All right. So that should be it, though. That does it for our write-in Wednesdays. Had a lot of questions, a lot of feedback from previous episodes, some fun stories, a good confessional. So much, so much fun, right? So that was a lot of... uh, Uh, I really enjoyed it. I hope you did as well. Remember, get in your questions or comments or responses in by Tuesday, every Tuesday night because I will try. If, if I'm not going to stay true to my Monday, Monday, Fridays, I will try and stay true to my Wednesdays as best I can. So um, more than the other two, it'll take precedence. So be sure to send in all of the, all of those thoughts by Tuesday night to be featured on the next ride in Wednesday. Please offer your answers to any of the questions today. Cause I'd be curious to know what the crowd thinks. What does the horde what does the Hanyak horde think about this? I would really, really like to know. So be sure to write it in and let me know. Um, what you guys think, if you agree or disagree with my answers, if you thought my answers were good, bad, the ugly, or the best answer you've ever heard, um, which I imagine that's really the general consensus on all of my answers. So make sure to go follow the YouTube page because Monday, 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 April 25th, 300th episode, the first ever live stream video version of the podcast coming at you. I got an unboxing to do. I'm going to be reading you guys's one to two sentence summaries of um, what you tell people when they ask you what this podcast is about, what you say, and going to be featuring those. It's just going to be having a good time, relaxing, chit-chatting, no more than an hour, 7 p.m. this Monday. Make sure to check it out. Follow the social media pages. I'll be updating there if there's any issues. So, But go check out the YouTube page as well. If you haven't left a review before for the show, please go and leave a five-star review or whatever stars you wish to give this show. If you want to say four because to keep me humble and say there's always room for improvement, I'm happy with that. If you want to say one, well, I can't stop you, but kick rocks and reconsider. Listen to more episodes. Anyways, <laughs> don't forget though, 7 p.m. That's 7 p.m. Central for any of my people in different time zones is a 300th episode, first ever live stream. Fingers crossed it goes well. Going to try and plan it out. Going to be a good good time. Thank you so much though for tuning in to this Ride In Wednesday edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. I hope your week has been PDFG um, and you've been riding the lighting, lightning consistently because that's the only way that we know how to do it here in the Hanyak Horde. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you back here Friday for my book review of 12 Rules for Life and then Monday for the 300th episode extravaganza. Thank you as always for anything and everything. This is your head Hanyak signing off.